You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. My name is Daniel. This is Chad. This is April. And we are back with a very full episode. We got a double feature review. We got the IMDb game. We got a lot going on in this episode. But before we dive in, as always, we want to remind you to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us easily. Uh, but really what I want to remind you is, is please uh, leave us a rating. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts because it helps us with vis- visibility, helps other people find the show. So if you can do that, that would be amazing, and we'll give you a shout-out on the episode. All right, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into our first review of the evening. It's a Netflix double feature. First up is Steven Soderbergh's The Laundromat. First, you must ask yourself, are you wealthy? Super truth of the world is that most games, for someone to win, well... Someone has to lose. And we're going to restart a review now of The Laundromat. The IMDb plot summary says, In this, the big short 2015-esque dramedy based on the Masek Fonseca scandal, a cast of characters investigate an insurance fraud, chasing leads to a pair of flamboyant Panama City law partners exploiting the world's financial system. April, Um, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. That is the worst IMDb. It references the big short. The big short. Are you serious? It literally says, in this, the big short, parentheses, 2015, in parentheses, esque dramedy. That is the dumbest. Wow. There's a second one that is like a novel long, and I didn't want to read that one. Now, to be fair, Daniel, do you think it's dumb because of your hate for the big short? No, you I th- hated I, the Big Short. I did, yeah, right. I did. Which, which that's that's fair to disagree with me on. But that's like, what I'm saying, what? How dumb of a movie to say, hey, did you like this movie? We're doing that, so watch it. Like that's just that's so really cheap. Anyway. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, I'm, continue I'm, with the intro. <laughs> okay. Ooh, Daniel is frosty tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, okay, The Laundromat, directed by Steven Soderbergh, stars Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas. The Laundromat is on Netflix, streaming. It was a straight-to-Netflix film. There's actually a pretty good cast in this film, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think about it, and then I'll throw in my two cents if anyone cares. But um, Chad, why don't we start with you? What did you think of The Laundromat? I am a big fan of Soderbergh for sure. I mean, he's done some some fairly substantial work in his career. You've got Sex, Lies, and Videotape Traffic, Aaron Brockovich, just to name a few. And I was excited by the cast. This is an interesting movie for me. Uh, I looked, after I watched the film, I looked at, at Rotten Tomatoes, and it's fairly low. It's in the mid-40s. Mm-hmm. And the audience response is as well. I fall on the negative side overall. Mm-hmm. The movie doesn't know what it wants to be. Uh, it's been well documented that most people's problem with the film is the tonal shift, which is certainly there. Some moments it's silly and flippant. Other moments it's deadly serious. And yeah. the, the biggest problem for me that I had with that approach is that this movie feels toothless to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exploring some fairly serious topics, but it does it in a way that is not 
biting. In its comedic moments, it's not really funny. But it also is then juxtaposed with some marvelously good acting, uh, particularly from, you know, Meryl Streep. No shock there. Her story. I want to see the movie of her story mm-hmm. for sure all the way through. I, I, when you when you back it up even a step further, this movie is heavy-handed it wears its message on its sleeve and then beats you over the head with it for 90 minutes and (laughs) but but then even beyond that the thing that was sort of frustrating to me toward the end is that I don't even know what this movie wants me to take away I don't Mm -hmm. know that it knows what it's mad about because some things that it posits are truly outrageous and truly criminal some things are without spoiling real life i mean there's there's murder in here there is uh fake companies that defraud people out of true insurance claims and Mm -hmm. really egregious things that are horrific yeah but then it also (laughs) it also uh posits that tax evasion is also bad which sure to some degree it is but it's certainly not on equal footing as those other things but it throws it all into a blender and then can't really decide how we are supposed to feel because I don't think it knows how it wants to feel because again it's not edgy enough it's not it's not really much of anything mm-hmm. and it's a bummer it's really a, yeah. it's it's a bummer all, all in all I don't know how I should feel after it except that my overall feeling is negative and it's very well made the performances are I think for the most part, pretty great, but I still don't know how to feel about it because I don't think it knows how it feels. And so overall, it's a, it's a thumbs down for me. All right. Not too happy with the laundromat from Chad. Mm. Um, Daniel, what did you think about it? Yeah, I, I, I feel so similar to the way Chad felt. I, I'm not going to have a lot to add, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, Chad kind of talked about Soderbergh as a director, and I don't know, I'm not sure I know a director who is more hit or miss than Soderbergh. I mean, uh, I, I really never know if I'll like his new movie or not, ever. Um, it's always a question mark. He's directed so many movies that I genuinely love. Ocean's Eleven is one of my favorite movies of all time. All um, time. Mm-hmm. And then he directs so many that are just forgettable. Like, he's directed so many movies that if if a gun to your head you probably couldn't even name he just there's just so many boring bland forgettable movies and the laundromat is going to be one of those he even directed earlier this year high flying bird also for netflix shot on an iphone that i enjoyed when i watched it and completely forgot it even existed until it got some gotham award nominations uh last week it's just forgettable so so it's mm-hmm. just kind of disappointing that he's so hit or miss the laundromat is a big swing and a miss it just the the best word for it is it's disorganized it tries mm-hmm. to tell all these different stories but ends up telling no story and just doesn't really make much of an impact at all um i wrote this down i didn't know that that was that they referenced the big short in the imdb description in my notes i wrote down they so blatantly try to tell this story in a big short sort of way um (laughs) and i didn't even know that was in the description it's just so obvious that they saw the big short Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah let's do that let's just this is a, a kind of a story that could be boring right it's about tax law and shell companies and so i get i totally understand the thinking of we need to spice this up so it's not boring but really they just end up ripping off the big short and that's not even a movie that i really enjoyed but i know that it did it did this thing a lot better than the laundromat and so they they put the the gary oldman and antonio banderas characters who they do fine they they give fine performances but ultimately the they're just messy. They they don't mm-hmm. really add much other than trying to be funny. 
and they're not really very funny. Soderbergh has always been a little style over substance, and, and I'm not sure that it's ever been more damaging than this movie. You can really feel how how cute the movie thinks it is. Like, it thinks it's being really funny and that it, it really gets what it's doing, and it just, I don't feel that it ever does. It just never mm-hmm. connects these stories that are all kind of different things going on, never connect in a way that, that feels compelling, just feels kind of dispassionate. Like Chad said, Meryl Streep is good because it's hard to make Meryl Streep bad. Um, and but she just kind of she's she's unsurprising except for when she randomly plays a second character that's kind of awkward and kind of brown face and kind of pointless. It's it's just it's very strange, not offensive, just like why? Uh, I, I like I still don't even yeah, understand. They never explain that. Part. They they kind of have a. They do something with it at the end, but it's it's completely unnecessary. Like there, mm-hmm. there's no reason that it needed to happen that way. It's almost as if it was a big reveal that you know from the second it happens on screen. So I, it's very very strange. And so as messy as this is, the, the the really what I come out of feeling from this movie is just that it's forgettable. I watched it about five days ago, and I barely remember anything about it is because it's just not compelling it's just really Mm -hmm. dull and its message is so heavy-handed that it removes any impact from it because at the end it it literally uh, well yeah i don't want to say what happens in the end but they just beat you over the head with this message that i agree with i don't disagree with the message of the movie but it's just so obvious that it removes any power from the narrative that they're trying to tell so yeah this is just a really this is just a mess it's unoffensive it's not like one of the worst movies of the year by any means Mm -hmm. it's just a mess yeah okay so two negative reviews and i'm not going to really um veer off too far it's funny that you had the big short written in your notes too because i wrote down i didn't know it was in the description either but i wrote down it's the poor man's the big short Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah it it just it almost felt like a bunch of different short films that didn't connect really there was no true through line if they could have found a way to make all these individual stories actually come together at the end i think it would have worked better yeah and also um gary oldman and antonio banderas their characters were just too talky i felt Mm -hmm. and it was confusing when they went back and forth between narrating the film and then actually being characters in the film um there were some okay cool moments in, in certain scenes but overall it was just very disjointed and i don't i don't think they accomplished anything that they set out to do three big old negatives on this yeah. and there's yeah, just really there's really just nothing else to say about it like yeah I, I i don't know I, I i can't see how you can really get much positive out of it i really don't know what they're trying to say i'm telling you it's it's one of those things at the end where and we might as well just say it just say spoilers it. for the end it ends with this really intense monologue from Meryl Streep and she poses as the Statue of Liberty and gives this whole big thing. And then the title card that comes after that or two pieces after that is about something completely different. I know. (laughs) Even, Even though I feel like the filmmaker probably thinks it all plays a part together and maybe loosely it does but it it pivots from this message that she was talking about there in her monologue to this card about all these companies that didn't pay taxes in the united states last year okay but that's not what we just saw it was just this big confusing mess Mm -hmm. of 
of messaging, it seems like at this point it would be clear that in order to use this style, you have to go full big short, mm-hmm. or like even the Wolf of Wall Street, for example. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. You had a central character there who had a dynamic story, but ultimately the story was similar. It's about moving people's money around and hiding it from the government and all that stuff. It's manic. Those films are manic. They they move quickly. They have a lot to say about what they're doing and their and their pure entertainment. And then they use that entertainment aspect thematically than to get you softened to the message that they're selling Mm -hmm. and this one does the reverse it just leads with the message and it's and leaves the entertainment in my opinion on the second tier and that model just does not work Mm -hmm. or at least it didn't work in this in this case totally agree and and they don't prioritize any story by mm-hmm. trying to tell a bunch of stories. And so that's that's the whole issue. I, I agree with what you said, Chad, that uh, the, if we saw just Meryl Streep's story, saw an entire movie about her character, her story, that might have been interesting and could have said more um, than, mm-hmm. than this whole thing because it's so, you're right, it's just not manic enough that it just feels tonally disjointed because they go for this broad comedy. Then they have these stories that are actually relatively slow, slowly paced. So yeah, it was just it was just a mishmash of all sorts of different things that never really, you know. Yeah, and the came thing together. about Streep's story is that she's the one person that that you know they use this recurring motif, this biblical um, motif about the meek inheriting the earth, and mm-hmm. so she is this one example of the meek of the every person, right? It's the it's the person that is impacted, like that middle class, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we we relate to that, we empathize with that. But then everybody else in the in the film are these ultra wealthy, ultra rich one percent kind of people, mm-hmm. and so they use that lens to berate those same people, and it just doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense at all. Yeah, this this is it's crazy. The more that we talk about it, it's crazy how many just blatantly obvious things that you think would be uh, something you would correct right away, but. Yeah. I didn't understand why they disguised Meryl Streep as that uh, it, one of it the makes assistants no sense. the whole time. Because well, from seeing her, from the moment that character was on screen, I literally was thinking, why does this character look so weird? Like, mm. she looked like a caricature, like, from Pixar or something. There was something <laughs> right. unreal about her. So when it when they revealed that it was Meryl Streep at the end, like, I, I wasn't surprised. It was like, okay, like, that character looked super weird and not real the whole time. I don't know if you guys felt that way or not, but um, yeah, no, I did. Yeah, I was also I w- surprised that David Schwimmer made a cameo. Yeah, he, from Friends, who was great. He was I good. He was great. Yeah, I know. I was like, where I was has like, he been? And and he should have been in the movie more because he was a yeah. compelling character. And then he well, did nothing with it. The story was compelling. the The yeah. way that they shot the the accident was all was really great. very good. And then and then you feel you feel horribly for these people that are just trying to get the claim. And and I was I was in. Mm-hmm. And then very quickly it goes a totally different direction. That's the so. thing is that that was so so compelling. Like that the, the, exactly like you said the way they shot that accident because I had no idea that was yeah. a part of the story. So when that yeah, happened it, it was like whoa this is going dark. But then yeah. they just kind of skipped over all of that like they skipped over all the interesting parts that there was never a tragedy really like we never felt the tragedy and so it just Mm -hmm. jumps past all that and goes to the insurance fraud i was like well that's kind of not as interesting (laughs) yeah with meryl streep's second character i I knew it was her before i saw like i I had heard about that before so i knew it going into the going into the film but i never did did you guys pick up on anything at all that thematically ties the two characters together or Mm -hmm. I I just have 
actually no clue why they said, yeah, let's do this. I, I can't figure it out for the life of me. Yeah, I didn't get it. No, I have no idea. That's so no random. Idea. Other than other than I guess they assumed that it would lend some sort of new uh, impact or import to the monologue at the end. That's the only thing I can Which think of. Although I didn't. don't <laughs> I don't see how that works either. Yeah. Yeah, it was all confusing at the end. I was like, what? What did I just watch? <laughs> so strange. I just, I just, man, I just wanted to kind of lament about Steven Soderbergh's character or Steven Soderbergh's filmography. It's just so all over the place. I and yeah. and it's been a while since he's made a movie that I wholeheartedly just love. Um, I'm trying to even remember. I mean, I I enjoyed High Flying Bird. I enjoyed Logan Lucky, but like it's really been since the Ocean's era that he's made a movie that I've just gone head over heels for. Um, I want him to return to that. I feel like he gets too experimental with the uh, filmmaking side of things and kind of loses the story. I liked, I really liked Logan Lucky. It was good. Um, I, I mean, I didn't love it, but yeah. I liked Logan Lucky. And I thought Magic Mike, the first one, was, was good. You know, I still haven't seen Magic Mike. I thought that was good. And I also liked Haywire and Contagion. I thought both of those were good. Contagion I, I loved, actually. I forgot about that one. I really liked Contagion. Yeah. I don't know that he's made a great movie since since what you're saying, which yeah. is probably Ocean's Eleven, which is an all-timer. It so, is. I mean, yeah. You know, it there is. you go. Anyway. All right. Well, there's only one way to watch this film, so we'll skip our normal theater rental recommendations. So we'll just say, do you recommend someone watch this film on Netflix, or should they skip it? Chad. Skip it. I mean, I, I, I would normally say... Watch it for the craft. Watch it for the performances. Uh, and there are some good performances in here, but I do not. I mean, it's 92 minutes, so it's not really even that long. But I just don't see any reason why you'd want to. I don't know what you'll get out of it. I think, if anything, you'll be frustrated. So I would say skip it. All right, Daniel. Yep, skip. There's, this This really is forgettable. Adds nothing. Uh, it's not going to play in any awards conversation unless they just, you know, really go for Meryl Streep, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. But uh, yeah, just just skip it. And I also say skip it. So sorry. Mm, the trifecta of skipping. That's rough. We all didn't like it. Well, unless you have like all the time in the world and have nothing else to do, and you've, <laughs> you've already watched all of the other Netflix films, then yeah, sure, that's, you should that's watch fair. it. Yeah. If you've literally run out of things to watch, <laughs> then you should watch it. Yeah. It's not like beyond save. Eh. Rewind it's not it. even bad enough where it's like, hey, uh, let's talk about how bad this is. Right. It's not That's like true. The Room no. or, you know. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just forgettable. Yeah. I think that wraps up our review of The Laundromat. So now let's move on to our second review of the night. And let's review Dolomite Is My Name. And sometimes, y'all, you love him and I love him. Put your hands together. Dolomite Is My Name. Hey, you know, Auntie, I was thinking about putting out a comedy record. Comedy? You've been a singer, a shake dancer? Ha! It's real hard to break in. I do whatever it takes to get in. I come up with a new character. And that is from the trailer of Dolomite Is My Name, directed by Craig Brewer and starring what many are calling the comeback performance from Eddie 
Murphy. It has a fantastic cast, which includes Keegan-Michael Key, Mike Epps, Craig Robinson, Titus Burgess, Divine Joy Randolph, just to name a few. Snoop Dogg even makes an appearance in here. And it is based on true events, a real person, and it is getting rave reviews. Uh, unlike the last film that we talked about, this one sits at a solid 97% on mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes with a plus 90 score for users as viewers as well. And so let's start with you, Daniel. You are our awards expert. There has been some potential mm. awards chatter around this film too, so I'd also be interested in your take on that. But what did you think of Dolomite Is My Name? Does it live up to the hype? And is Eddie Murphy back? Hmm, I don't know if I can answer uh, is Eddie Murphy back, but uh, what I can tell you about Dolomite is that I absolutely loved it. And I'm very surprised to say that. Um, I have no point of reference or, or pre-existing knowledge of Rudy Rudy Ray Moore that you know Eddie Murphy's character or the Dolomite films and I, I really don't know a lot about black exploitation to be honest with you so this this story was pretty new to me um, and I'll admit the trailer didn't look good to me at all it looked really broad and silly and I'm, I'm skeptical of Eddie Murphy projects as of late like most people uh, are I suppose and so I, I kind of w- wasn't in and let me just say this uh, to, to um, own up to myself a little bit I, di- I did tweet uh, probably about a month or two ago that there was zero chance. I said the word zero chance that Eddie Murphy would get nominated for an Oscar for this because <laughs> zero. the movie, I said zero because the movie didn't look very good. And Netflix has uh, three other movies in the best actor conversation. So I said, they're going to prioritize those and Eddie Murphy is going to fall off. I'm not saying Eddie Murphy's getting nominated for an Oscar, but there's greater than zero chance that he gets nominated for an Oscar. So I can, uh, I can admit my own mistakes, but anyway, uh, back to the movie itself. This movie won won me over. I'm a sucker for movies about making movies, and uh, this one is hilarious and so much fun. And and the most surprising thing is in this super crass and crude movie, how really really sweet and heartwarming mm-hmm. it is at the end. And so, yeah. um, you know, first of all, the Dolomite Dolomite uh, it really sets up a, a classic underdog story it's it's so clearly an underdog story that it's really charming because we don't see those stories too much anymore it just it it comes right out with that it doesn't try to pretend that it's doing something else it's just a classic underdog story this guy has tried and failed at so many different careers and uh he then he kind of finally uh cracks the code for a stand-up career and kind of goes on from there and and he brings this whole team along for the ride and so like i said the movie's so crude in so many ways so much language and more but it's just so sweet and a lot of that is thanks to eddie murphy's performance um he's great he is charming in all the right ways his energy is infectious um, so he is phenomenal. Wesley Snipes, he's not in the movie very much, but he steals like every scene that he's in. That character is hilarious. And then Divine Joy Randolph, um, she, she is so good, heartfelt, and a really good pairing with Eddie Murphy. Kind of brings him down a few pegs. So yeah, I loved it. And the whole process of making their movie, it's just this ragtag group of people coming together. And, and it, it's just so hard to not love it. Um, because they're just having a blast um, making this ridiculous movie that by all accounts should have gone nowhere but they're just their energy just brings people along uh it's the ending of the movie so perfect i really did not expect this movie to be such a crowd pleaser because it is so crude i mean this is probably some of the some up there on the most f words used in film i mean it is it is high up there it's just unabashedly sweet it wears its heart on its sleeve and uh, i love this movie a lot more than i thought i would so two thumbs up for me 
All right, a big positive review from Daniel. April, what is your take on Dolomite Is My Name? Are you as positive as Daniel or something else? Yeah, I'm pretty close with Daniel on it. I mean, I like Daniel. I didn't, I was hesitant going into it. I didn't know how much I'd like it. The trailer made it look just pretty raunchy and not much else. Um, and it is raunchy. But it's surprise. It is surprisingly sweet. Just like Daniel said, like there's some really good heartfelt moments that uh, it's hilarious. There's one scene in particular that we can. I'm sure we'll talk about later. That I was almost crying. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, it 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 really surprised me. I think Eddie Murphy playing Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, makes up for some of the problems with the film and there are some issues like I think it's a it has a pretty repetitive plot and some mm-hmm. of the plot points are a little contrived it still works in its own raunchy sweet kind of way um, and, I, and I love at the very end they show actual real footage of the real Dolomite movie that happened and it's, some of it was so similar to what happened in, act- in the actual film and it was just fascinating I didn't know anything really about Rudy Ray Moore prior to the film and so I was just it was just a ride like not only seeing Eddie Murphy back and I mean I think he might I hope I see more of this from Eddie Murphy because it felt a lot more uh, closely to his older great stuff yeah I I mean I I really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun so I'm pretty positive as well all right so two very positive reviews This is a movie that I had heard, I didn't watch the trailer, but I had heard buzz, just ancillary buzz, about Eddie Murphy's performance. So that was really the only context that I had for the quality of the film. I kind of knew about the Dolomite character. You know, Rudy Ray Moore, these films were, the first one was made in 1975, and I knew just from... I have done some some watching and some research on when I was studying cinema about the black exploitation period, but I had never seen any of these movies, and that was kind of the extent of it. So I wasn't excited about watching this at all. But I am happy to report that I am even more positive than you two. I think mm. this is going to be in my top ten of the year. Wow! I love I loved it. Now I've still got a lot of movies to see. I don't think it's going to be my favorite. But I think it's got a good shot to be in my top 10 somewhere. What I thought was fascinating about this film is that the arc of this character starts where, just like in any film like this, where it's nobody knows who they are and they work their way up into prominence and they discover their thing. And when it first starts and he's playing in these clubs and he starts this kind of style, which uh, at the end of the film you see many uh, current rap artists credit him as kind of the founding father of rap. Mm. Moore's character specifically in 1975 was called the Articulate Pimp. That was kind of his tagline there. And it's really raunchy, but it's got a rhythm. There's a scene where the drums start playing behind him and the bass guitar and the piano, and it's almost musical in its delivery. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me a lot of in the 90s when Deaf Comedy Jam made this resurgence onto the scene. Again, before your time, both of you. (laughs) But back in the 90s when HBO released this 30-minute comedy show, it was hosted by Martin Lawrence. It was as filthy as anything that you've ever seen, but the audience reaction was very similar to what you see uh, in that first club where people are just losing their minds at how depraved and yet funny it was. And it was really interesting that I th- that 
I kind of this whole arc of this character in some ways mirrors Eddie Murphy's career. Yeah. Uh, as far as coming out, being raunchy and being fearless mm, and saying yeah. things that people aren't supposed to say in comedy and not caring. And it was just really interesting that he, to me, is the perfect person to play this character. I was moved by the relationships of the, of this feels like this family that you have here with all of these characters. And where I really fell in love with this movie, and this is, you know, this is my bias showing, but it's when they start making the movie in the middle. Yeah. And that's because there's so many things that are absolutely accurate about what it's like to be on a set mm-hmm. you've got people that are working for free or working <laughs> for you know below what they should get paid just because they love it and they want to make something with other like-minded people mm-hmm. and it's just very sweet there's this this section where you have uh, the director who has some experience and and uh, Moore's character kind of blows up at him and he says we don't know anything about cameras or lights or or any of that but if I've got to go make this but I'm putting my money in it so if the crew's hungry I'll make sandwiches and if I've got to move the box I'll move the box so and good. I was legitimately mm-hmm. moved yeah. at the, in that moment because it's this guy who's put his whole life on the line, his money. He signed away the rights, you know, to his his records, and he's just there trying to make something. And it's just because it really solidifies this beautiful core at the at the heart of this film of these people that have each other's backs that don't. There's no there's no infighting that you normally you'd have like the betrayal moment yep. or somebody's jealous. Mm-hmm. But all of these people who are all performers in their own right. They're just in it together and they're doing their best to overcome the odds. And the fact that you know that it's obviously it's not exactly like this, but the fact that it's based on a true story, it's impossible not to love this and feel uplifted by it. So then when you combine all of the good will of the plot with really stellar performances, Mm -hmm. not just from Murphy, but Lady Reed, you know, Divine Joy Randolph, I loved her character. She has a beautiful relationship that forms there and you think there for a minute that it's going to become romantic but it doesn't and I was so glad that it Mm -hmm. didn't it just Mm -hmm. became this platonic friendship but it was deeper than that it was meaningful you have little throwaway lines when they're on the phone and she says something like you know but you're you're always you're always handsome to me or something I can't remember exactly what it was And it's just a little throwaway line and he pauses and you see that they love each other I just I fell for this movie hook Mm -hmm. line (laughs) and sinker and then of course the ending which is very silly and very on the nose and mm-hmm. i i don't care i was in i was so <laughs> in at that point that uh this is the surprise of the year for me i just did not anticipate yeah. loving this movie as much as i did i love the themes i love the way that it's represented it's filthy you know like you said daniel there's probably a world record behind wolf of wall street for f-bombs um but it's done in a way that doesn't feel offensive so yeah i uh mm-hmm. i loved it I yeah absolutely well because loved uh, it. eddie murphy like rudy ray moore at least how he's portrayed in the movie like his he played the character of dolomite who's raunchy but he, rudy ray moore himself was actually like a normal good yeah decent yeah. guy who wasn't anything like the character he played as dolomite and what I loved about that scene that you pointed out, Chad, where, where he, he says he'll do anything on the film set, like anything that needs to get done. What, what, what was so amazing is you could totally see that character prior to that scene. You could see a world in which that character was kind of a diva. Like he wanted to make this movie about himself. Oh, yeah. and, and I want to be famous. He wanted to be mm-hmm. famous. And so that scene really solidified 
no, no, no. This is a really good dude. And mm-hmm. this is a guy who just wants to see art. And he just wants to, as a team, do whatever it takes to make it happen. And, and he's not too big to do anything on the set. And so I, I, that, that was a really, really important moment in the movie. And I loved it so much. For sure. Well, it sounds like we are all positive. So this is good. After after the laundromat, I was very worried that this was going to be two kind of bummer reviews. But we're very positive on this. Let's just give our recommendations. I think we can all say we should we should watch this movie, right? Oh yeah, for yes. sure. Yes. So good. Okay. Excellent. So with that, let's jump very quickly into spoilers. April, I know you've got a scene that you want to talk about, and we'll talk about some of our favorite moments from the film. But now let's jump into spoilers for Dolomite is my name. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. Then I woke up. All right, April. So what is the scene that you wanted to talk about? Yes. So pretty much all of the movie making was just perfection, like you said, Chad. But there was one scene that I was just dying laughing at, and that was the sex scene that they filmed. (laughs) And Like, was that not... (laughs) I was... Like, I knew it was going to be funny going into it because of how they led up to it, but it still surprised me, and it was just... Ugh! The ceiling coming down, the it was just right. It's the greatest sex scene I think I've ever seen in a film. Yeah, it was fantastic, <laughs> especially when you get a glimpse of the of the real scene at the very end of the film, mm-hmm. and it's just so uh, you just don't know what to expect. But you you know it's going to be great when he says, "Oh, we make it funny." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it just it's just a cool behind the scenes, like how uncomfortable is it to, to sh- film a sex scene and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the guy shaking the bed and then the candles start flying and all yes. that. It was just absolutely great. And that's one of the things I think about this movie that I didn't talk about earlier. That is another th- reason that I love it as much as I do is it's a movie about comedy, mm-hmm. but the movie itself is legitimately funny. Yes, uh, it's and, and not just in. Not just in one or two places. There were times I laughed consistently throughout at the dialogue and the characters' interaction. So it's a funny movie about funny things. So that made it even better. But yeah, that scene, that's a standout for sure. I agree with what you were saying about the ending. Now that we're in spoilers, we can talk a little bit more specifically about it. But him not going into the premiere uh, because he just wanted to stay and entertain the people on, on the who were waiting in line for hours and hours and hours. I don't know how much of that was real in terms of all the different, you know, they said they were going to add like a 2 a.m. show. I, I, I'm, I would guess that that probably isn't what really happened, but it was just, it was so great. He just wanted to entertain the people. He wanted to say hi to the fans. Like he just really loved people. Not so much loved the fame. He just loved the people. And it was so, like April said earlier, kind of contrived, but like it, it worked for me. Mm-hmm. It worked really well. 100% agree. And I'm just a sucker for those moments where, he gives the kid his cane. I'm like, come on, okay, I love yeah. it. <laughs> uh, it's just sweet. This movie does such a good job of balancing tone because it is almost 
overly sweet. Like there's so much here that is like so heartfelt that it, I'm, I, I don't know how this movie doesn't feel like too schmaltzy because it really is so sweet and charming that it should be annoying, but it's just not. It's just really, it works really, really well. Yeah, I appreciated the fact, though, that it did take a few scenes sporadically in the last, well, not even last third, but the last half, to show that it wasn't just, he wasn't just extremely lucky and everything worked out for him. He had these setbacks along the way. He had to put it all on the line, but then it would stop and you would get this beautiful moment like when they're getting ready to get in the limo and Rudy's character is talking to Lady Reed and she tearfully thanks him for putting people that look like her on screen, Mm -hmm. right? And so you get these just nice moments back and forth that obviously are played for emotional impact, but in a way that I thought was really effective and not too, not too smaltzy, like mm-hmm. you're saying. All right, so with that, we will wrap up our review of Dolomite Is My Name. But if you are of age and can handle a lot of cursing, then you definitely should see this film. And it nudity. Is, and nudity, yeah. There's a decent <laughs> amount of nudity as well. It is fantastically good, and uh, it's in a contender for my top ten of the year. Big thumbs up from the screeners. And with that, let's roll into round two of Daniel's IMDb game. Don't know what the name of it is. Yeah, just, just say. Here we go. Just say the IMDb game. It's not mine. I didn't make it up, so I don't want people to think I'm taking credit for it. Here's Daniel taking credit for his IMDb game. <laughs> You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. Yes, we are back with the IMDb game. Like I said last time, this game's inspired by uh, the, the guys over at This Had Oscar Buzz, a great podcast you should check out. So we love this game, so we're going to play it too. Uh, so this game revolves around IMDb. On every actor's IMDb page, they have four movies listed that they are quote-unquote known for. It says known for and, and picks picks four random movies but sometimes it's a little tricky because the imdb algorithm is uh can throw you off sometimes you don't know if there's going to be new films or old films or completely random films so uh it gets gets a little interesting. Uh, the way the way it works is uh, one of us picks an actor for another one of us, and then we basically guess those four movies. After uh, after two wrong guesses, we're going to throw out the years of the remaining movies, and then from there, we'll see if, uh, if you can get it, and then if you can't get it, we'll see if the other person can, and after that, we'll just give hints because we want to have fun on the podcast. So there you go. Tyler is not here like he was last time to completely whiff on uh, on this game. So <laughs> so maybe we'll see how this goes. It might go a little bit quicker than last time. I'm going to pick an actor for April. Mm. We just reviewed Dolomite Is My Name, so I'm going to pick the most obvious person from that movie. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, and I do feel like you can you can get this one. You, you stressed out last time. You weren't sure. I got, I was, you? It was a little tough last time. But you did it. You actually did pretty good. Yeah. So so I think you can do Eddie Murphy here. So uh, so what are his four movies that he is okay, known for? I got to go like back into the 90s and like early 2000s. Okay. okay. Um, let's see. Eddie Murphy. Okay, well, I don't... Uh, this movie is kind of similar to Dolomite Is My Name because they make a movie in it. So I'll guess Bowfinger. That is not one. Good guess. Though. Oh, that's a good guess. Okay. Um. Oh, The Nutty Professor. Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, what's that one old movie that he's in? America. Coming to America. <laughs> there you go. Two for two. Well, actually, no. That's you got one a wrong. classic. So, that is a my generation. <laughs> yes. Two for three. People. Okay. Oh, gosh. Nice. 
What else is he in? So okay. you got two more. Okay. Um, Eddie Murphy. There's like a... Was there... No, I'm, I can't ask a question. Oh, my goodness. I'm like You can think out right loud, now. though. You can think out loud. Okay. Um, can I ask a question? Uh, I might not answer it, but you can ask okay. whatever you want. Can you phone a friend? <laughs> can I phone a friend? Um, are any of these animated? Can I'll throw that one out. The, the guys at this at Oscar Buzz, they always throw that one out before they start. So, yes, one of these is animated. Okay. So, Shrek? Correct. Yep. So, very only one wise. left. Look Woo. at you. You got it. You're doing pretty good. Only one wrong guess so far. Oh You're doing very goodness. good. Okay. Third. Uh, Nettie Professor 2? Nope. Nope. That's nope. a good guess. That's a good guess. <laughs> Not a bad guess. Okay. Well, that's two wrong, right? So does that mean I get it? Oh, that's now? true. Yes. So I will give you the year. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it is 2006. 2006. Um, hmm. What did he do in 2006? Um, <laughs> Does singing help the thought process so that keep, keep things moving? Yeah, I think so. Um, oh, my goodness. Okay. I can't think of anything that he was in in 2006. Gosh. Shrek 2? Nope, nope. That was earlier than that. Uh, ah. I I will give you one hint. Okay. It is his. This is a pretty substantial hint. It is his Oscar nomination. Oh wow, that is a substantial hint. He got an Oscar nomination. <laughs> <laughs> you, so yeah, you uh, can do it. Okay, okay. Um, thinking, thinking. So it's a ser- serious filmish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my gosh, I am totally blanking. I'm telling you. Oh, Dream Girls. There you go, Dream Girls. I forgot nice. he was in Dream Girls. He, he was almost, nominated for that. He almost won the Oscar. He got like he got Dang. within arm's reach of that Oscar. Uh, going into the night, he was gonna win, and then Alan Arkin was actually a surprise win for Little Miss Sunshine. So he was gonna win the wow. Oscar. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got very. Close. I would have totally forgot that if you didn't sing. And that's ironic that I was singing to try to figure that out. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt. That was good. That was good, though. You you got three before uh, before you needed well, to Well, I, I missed my first one. That's true. So I started no, off that was, poorly. No, but that was a good. That was a very good. Very good. Nice. All right. Great job. So, uh, April, who do you have for Chad? Okay, Chad. Hopefully, you don't hate me on this time around. Oh, here we go. Since <laughs> Terminator's coming out again soon. Ooh. I'm going to go with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ooh, that could be hard, I feel like. Okay. Is it? Arnold I don't know. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> only because he's done a bajillion know, 60, movies. movies. But he's got a few that are like up there <clears throat> as the main ones, yeah, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the classics, at least classics in my day, I would have to say um, Terminator. Actually, the original one isn't on here. What? Wow, mm-hmm. that's shocking. What? I know. Wow. Okay, T T two. Yes, yes, that one's on here. Uh, okay. Wow, that's really that's surprising. Oh crap! <laughs> Terminator is not on there. I, I mean, know. it makes sense okay. that T two is, I suppose, but. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see. I'm trying to think back, like to movies like Commando and things like that. That's probably not there. Oh, um, uh, Predator for sure. Please, yes, pr- Predator. That's the first yeah. one. Predator. It's gotta okay. be on there. Predator is on there. Oh man, who knows? If I start thinking back, see, I just don't know. Like Total Recall is one that I would guess. Is that a guess? There, I guess not. <laughs> since you're, it's obviously not on there. It might be. Uh, it might be. Uh, uh, you've made me second guess myself. <laughs> I mean, he's done so many movies. Like 
Conan, you know, he did Last Action Hero, Total Recall, Twins. Golly, I mean, um, okay, I have to go Total Recall because that was a huge, huge movie. Yeah, and it's not. It's no. not one of them. I know. I, sorry, this is harder now that I'm thinking about it. But so that's two wrong guesses. Uh, okay. okay, so I, yeah, give me the years. Okay, so one is 1996, and the hmm. other is 2000. Oh, that does not help 2000. at all. 1996. I mean, I was in college. What would he have done in 96? That's like around True Lies. I saw True Lies when I was in college, and that was a huge. That's Jim, James Cameron. Mm. Okay, True Lies. Nope. Oh, I thought uh, that was it. This list is ridiculous. This wow. list is ridiculous. I know, I it really remember. is. I'm sorry, what, it is. I guess True Lies was 97, maybe? That's so weird. I don't know, but I just know I saw it in college. Uh, Can I... Can I give him a hint? Can I give? Yeah, him a give, hint? give throw out hints. Okay. When was True Lies? Is that not? It's gotta I be around I then. I don't know when that is. Yeah, I'll look it up. Okay. Um, a co-star in one of these films in the 1996 films is Vanessa Williams. Oh shoot! That's the one where he's like trying to protect her or something. Oh crap! True Lies uh, was 94, by the way. 94. Okay, yeah, I was in, that was a freshman that year. I'm so old. Uh, I'll just say uh, I. I just looked up. Hey, yes, you are. I just looked up uh, <laughs> so so that I could look up True Lies. I went to his IMDb page. This is outrageous. The two these two movies. I would oh, never great. guess these Perfect. in a million years. I mean, I literally have led with like the most heavy hit. Yeah. True Lies. Come on. I know. Terminator. I'm sorry. Tyler Perry was better than this one. My apologies, Jeff. <laughs> um, you holding a pencil? You have the oh tip. oh eraser. Yes, eraser. Yes. That was a good clue. I would have never guessed that in a million years. Um, the, now, the one in 2000, I have no idea. Because that was in the middle of his um, kind of dead streak there, mm-hmm. right? Like around T3 or whatever. Um, yeah, you're going to have to give me a clue or I'm out. Okay. Or unless, Daniel, unless Daniel can guess it. Or did you already well, see Well, I it? already looked it up. Yeah, I already looked it up. Um, okay, okay yeah. so uh, I'm trying to think of a way. Um, it's set in the future. Okay, not helpful. Uh, I mean, it is helpful. Um, I, I know I'm nothing about not, this movie. I know nothing. I'm about probably it. not gonna get it. In the <laughs> beginning, you. God created the world. Okay, that's my hint. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Is it something about Genesis? It's got a number in the creation? title. Like literally, if you like continue that passage, this title will be in there. Oh, the sixth day. Yes. Yep. 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 I've never seen I that think movie. I, I think I've seen that once, and it's terrible. That's Why so. Is that is that on that's, really, wait a minute. That's really the four. Yeah. yeah. Predator, Eraser, Eraser, and the sixth day. He's known and for Terminator Eraser two. and the sixth day. See, so that's what's wild about this game is sometimes it is the most random thing. So it's like it's not yeah. that easy. Hey, IMDb. He's not known for the sixth <laughs> day. Okay. Here's a little hint for you. Not known for that. Oh, oh man. Sorry, Chad. Gracious. I'll take, oh, that's okay. I'll, that was a good one. Put blame on me. No, that was no, a good that one. Was, <laughs> that was a good pick. Even if you didn't mean for it to be a good pick, it was a good <laughs> pick. Uh, okay, so here's a fun fact, and this is the honest to goodness truth. I was going to pick Arnold Schwarzenegger for you, Daniel, <laughs> but what I will do is I'm trying to, in this theme of picking you know, kind of high-profile people that have lots of options... Uh, I just did like a search for the top 25 actors on IMDb. Hmm. And number three 
is your pick tonight. It is Mr. Bruce Willis. Oh, man. So he has a so, lot of good movies. So similar to Arnold. Stuff. Yeah. Bruce Willis, what you got? Well, so based on how you did with Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm worried that Die Hard won't be on there, but I have to. It's If it's not, I, will, I might start a riot right now. So Die Hard. Not on there. Oh my god! I'm just kidding. It's on. Oh jeez! I, <laughs> I was about to lose my mind. Okay. <laughs> of course it's on there. Yeah, it's on there. Okay, but now the question is: Are there other diehards? I'm going to move on from diehards though for a minute. Okay, Pulp Fiction. Oh wow, that's exactly right. Number oh, two. All right, all right. Okay. That was that was the first and second known fours. Okay. Very good. Um, from there it gets a lot. Of, oh, The Sixth Sense. Also on there. Oh, Daniel, yeah. Look at yes. you crushing it. Okay. Okay. All right. You're crushing this life. Okay. Oh man, but, I have to give you a hint here, right? No, you don't. Um, no, you don't. No, no, I do. I do. Uh, based on based on the rules that you said. No, 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 so, no, no. The you, rules you only are only if he gets too wrong. Yeah, only if hey, I get. Pe- hey, hey, you two people. I I remember the rules from last time. Calm down. No, you don't. I have. I do, Daniel, because the next one is television. Oh, oh, oh. oh. So in your face. I remember the rules. <laughs> I will accept your apology. <laughs> um, television. What the heck? And now that makes it actually for someone my age that makes this. Very oh, um, what was it called? Um, moonlighting. That is correct. Yeah, Dang yeah. it! Wow, that's great. You I would nailed have never but, but, that. Yeah, but yeah, I would not have gotten it without a hint. I would have guessed for for hours without exactly. ever guessing that. <laughs> exactly. I should have yeah. let you do it just out of spite, but I didn't. Why? But I'm I'm curious. I mean, that show. I mean, I guess he he was a series regular, but. Yeah, uh, it ran, let's see, it only ran for four years, but yeah, evidently that, that's what he's known for. That's just a like, little surprising that, that that's in his own for, I guess. Well, just like Schwarzenegger's known for the sixth <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, I guess it's better than that. Wow. That that yep. was pretty, that one was very easy. That was a super easy one. That oh. was good. That was very good, nice. Daniel. I have to tip, tip my hat there. All right, I appreciate the hat tip. Awesome. Well, uh, again, shout out to this at Oscar Buzz podcast. Great show. You should listen to it. Uh, so that about wraps up our episode here. Uh, thanks for playing the IMDb game with us. Thanks for sticking with us through this Netflix double feature. Uh, even though one of them was a stinker, one of them was great. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as always, make sure you check us out on social media and join in the conversation there. Let us know what you thought of these two films. Let us know if you think Dolomite is my name might play into the Oscar conversation or even the laundromat. And we will see you next week when we're reviewing Terminator Dark Fate. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.